Tonight's show is brought to you by Ventura Training and Athletics. Restore, train, maintain. Specializing in the restoration of the muscular system to help you move and feel better. Combating TBI, PTSD, and pain through specialized strength training. Again, get your body right, get your mind right, defeat the demons. This is the Veteran Trash Talk Hour, hosted by Nick, Dave, Joe, and Buddy. Today's special guest is Vincent, a Marine who learned how to read and somehow wrote a book. Unbelievable! <laughs> What's going on, everybody? We are back. Happy Saturday. Shout out to uh, everybody that's watching this. Shout out to Gruntworks community. Shout out to Trash Talkers that are tuning in. Welcome to episode 41 of the Trash Talk Hour. Shout out to our sponsors, Ventura Training and Athletics, Cardinal Financial, and of course, 10th Mountain Whiskey. Type in VTT and get yourself a discount. Special guest today is Robert, former Marine. Did I say former? Uh-oh. He's you can't say former. Back. Marine veteran. Yep. And an author and the author of Rat Snakes. And as always, I'm joined by Nick, Buddy, and Joe. Let's get this party started. Over to you, Joe. Oh, what's up, gentlemen? Happy, uh, happy Saturday to you. I'm going to make this a short one. You know, I, uh, I saw the guest list credentials, and uh, I want to I get the mic to him. So. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I'll touch, on, I'll touch on our show last night for everybody. Um, we had a lot of fun and Nick likes to jerk me around, especially when I look like I haven't slept in a while. And he, you know, or he just, had or just took off. a giant rip but, out of a pool. That works too. Man, you know, whatever narrative Nick goes with it, it works. But listen, what you would be wrong to do is think that we phone that one in. I am as confident in this fight card as any we've called. So rewatch our picks, check it out, have a little fun on DraftKings, and, uh, and, and, Put some skin on the game and, you know, prove me, prove me wrong because uh, Bill and I have been absolutely slaying it and, and I can't wait for tonight's card. So I also can't wait for tonight's guest and, or today's guest. And um, I want to get this thing rolling. So, Nick, it's over to Buddy, isn't it? It is. It is. Buddy, roll with oh it. I'm, God, I'm ready to hear what you have to say. This time. I'm so impressed with us, guys. We're doing it. Look at us yeah, doing it. We're really, we're really doing it because I'm going over to Nick. After. I'm pat. I'm patting know, myself on the back. So all right, all over right it, buddy. We are all over it. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're we're professionals around here. So uh, right. my uh, my honesty cap this week. First of all, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but I walked into the class six on Fort Campbell, and guess what? I was guess what? I was like face to face with while I was in line, a whole rack of cordial. Not gonna lie. They sell 10th Mountain Whiskey in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Oh, very nice. Nice. Very, very nice. Thank did you, 10th hey, Mountain. Did you ask Nate, for a discount when you purchased? You my week. I'm thinking about <laughs> just going to the – I'm not going to – I'm still going to continue to order mine online because we get the VTT discount. <laughs> that being said, I am thinking about just standing there by the thing and just like doing like when they have like those uh, – the, uh, the attractive women in there with the bourbon at the class six. Uh, and I'm going to do that. I can't. Yeah, Nick, 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 like, Nick, 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 Nick,
Nick, execute it's, order 66. We came up with a plan in case Buddy could ever get his hands on Cordial at the drop of a hat. At Nick, we got to implement the plan because he's he's yeah. in, he's at risk. I'm it worried about started. Buddy. Oh, I'm worried started. About Buddy. Definitely. I'm definitely like I'm drinking full glasses now. I was drinking like little bitty glasses. <laughs> Not anymore. So now you're a full-time full alcoholic, right? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, late, I'm, not, I'm catching myself doing bubble baths and, like, drinking whiskey and shit. Like, I'm getting real metro, guys. Anyway. The, fi- the final chapter in my long tab career written by so, Buddy Beckwith. Yeah, five where minutes. I just kind of sit Epsom salt <laughs> bubble baths and drink Dude, I just threw up in my mouth. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> anywho. Get him, Vince. Up to, uh, I, uh, my actual next, uh, my, my next. So I went to, uh, I went to Walmart the other day, and uh, I haven't been to the Walmart Super Center here. So we're talking about a big, giant Walmart, not like the little bitty market or anything. I go in there, get my stuff, go to walk out to pay, and I noticed there's not a single. There's three registers that are run by human people. And then the other like 50 registers are all self-checkout. When did I get a fucking job at Walmart? When did I start working at like, do, are they going to give me a W-2 at the end of this year? Because I don't work there. I never went through their little training to check myself out. So if I scan some shit and it doesn't scan, I'm putting it in my fucking bag and I'm leaving. It's mine now. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't work there. You never. I never sat in the back with the VHS tape playing. That was like, "Hey, welcome to the Walmart family." I didn't do that. So as far I, as I'm concerned, you followed you the process and they decided it if, was free. Yeah, it's a shit. Not shoplifting. I didn't shoplift. I tried to pay, but you didn't have anybody here. I so scanned I the barcode. Like, good. I'm not right even going to scan it correctly on purpose. Maybe I don't know. But my point is. Everybody's been bitching and whining about wanting to get $15 an hour. In the last week, I've gone to five or six different places that generally hire unskilled labor and pay them minimum wage and people can make eh, some extra money. You know, they're not, they're supplementing a, a regular income or they're just jumping into the workforce and, and they're making money so that they can move ahead to something else. Now that people are even talking about $15 an hour, Corporations are already doing the, the I want to make money thing and they're changing them out for kiosks. You can be replaced by an iPad and one dude in the back that's just loading Whopper patties into a machine that makes it pop out on the other end Jetson style. And then I don't actually get mayonnaise when I don't want it. You can be replaced by something more efficient for a lot less money. Shut up and take your $8 an hour and make hamburgers or work to register or go to college or get a trade. Anyway, stop asking for more money because you're just going to get fucking fired. <laughs> Anywho, that's my honesty cap. On to Nick because I read hey, the script. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, you beautiful, read the buddy. fucking script. I love, script. It. I love, yeah, I love the passion. I love the passion. It is awesome. It is awesome. Uh, like again, I said, uh, I don't work there. Yeah, those of you watching for the first time on Gruntworks, welcome. All right. Uh, welcome to the Trash Talk Hour. Uh, Buddy is very special, special person. All right. He has a tab that's longer than mine. He also has the one that's just as short as mine. Um, but he's, he's a warrior. And when he, when he gives you his honesty cap, you should probably listen. All right. Now, he left out a lot of intangibles 
that would explain why certain things are the way they are, but that's a different conversation. We are here today to promote Vincent Cephalou. Okay. Vincent Cephalou is a Marine veteran, Dave. Woo. Not a not a not a former Marine. He's a Marine. <laughs> I had to throw veteran. that out there. You know, I love Yikes. Marines. I love Yikes. Marines. And you can obviously tell that he's been eating white crayons today because he's, the beard is white. I'm not quite sure if that's, <laughs> is. If that's still a diet. But now, Vincent, before I turn it over to you, we make fun of you in the intro song. Okay, that's why I get a little bio. And what obviously you're going to tell us the important stuff that everybody wants to hear. Like, obviously, you were an undercover ATF agent that wrote a sweet-ass book, and you have badass stories, and you were a Marine. But what, were, what the were, what the what the cynical Yikes. audience, what the cynical audience wants to hear is where, at what point in time did a Marine learn how to fucking write? Okay. And then how did you actually make a book? How did it happen? So Vincent, welcome to the trash talk hour and give us what you got. Thanks dude. This is a, uh, this is like the, the craziest, uh, podcast i've done yet i mean it started out crazy a lot of them get crazy but you guys just started off like here's the line dumpster and, fire and you guys that are always a dumpster here. fire i love the fact that you got whiskey my favorite one of my favorite things in life yeah yeah they, they, um, you should probably if you try haven't tried that cordial, if you haven't tried that 10th mountain bourbon you're missing out that is i haven't but i'm unbelievable gonna, I'm gonna as soon as Lent's over, I'm getting a bottle. Uh, that shit. Yeah, gets put different. in that VTT code, and you get a discount. I like it. Well, well, tell us about your service. Tell us about being a Marine, and then tell us about ATF and about writing a book. Tell us all that stuff. We're all interested. Oh, well, the Marine thing wasn't all my doing. There was a uh, Superior Court judge in Marin County, California, that. Well, I mean, he gave me options. Um, <laughs> it was like one year in jail or four years in the Marine. Well, actually, it was one year in jail or four years in the military. So I did the honorable thing and went straight to the Air Force recruiter. Mm -hmm. He looked at my rap sheet and he said, not, not in this lifetime. Um, <laughs> and when, the true story, I was walking out of the recruiting uh, offices. They're all co-located. And, and the gunny was leaning against the door of his office. And uh, he was like, psst, psst, hey, psst. And I was, I would like look away. I didn't make eye contact. And I tried to keep walking. He was like, hey, hey, come on in here, man. And uh, my clock was ticking because I had to go back to see the judge in about two weeks. So uh, I went ahead and enlisted. Best thing that ever happened to me, obviously. Um, I learned a lot about being a man at that point. Um, what was your job in the, in the Marine Corps? I was an MP. Okay. <laughs> the I, fact uh, that the Marines going, would take, going would going take going somebody to that had to join the Marines to not get put in jail in order to be an MP <laughs> is an MP. amazing. All right. Right. It's so only going to get better as on. he talks about how he became even a bigger cop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can't make this shit up. So... Um, I wanted to go in the MPs and, um, I came out of boot camp a grunt and because they all said Marines they're, are grunts, right? All Marines are grunts. They, right. 
yeah. Right, but my no, MOS no, no, would no, run. No, and then um, full of that. He believes it through, through and through. They're as, all riflemen. As soon as I uh, reported to Kaneohe Marine Corps Air Station, my first sergeant uh, said something to me about an opening over in the MPs. And I was like, oh, hell to the yeah. So um, I went over there. I did my time there and uh, shipped over for two years trying to finish my college. And I didn't because um, I was basically a slacker. But uh, so I went to Athens, Georgia and got on the police department there. My first ex-wife was from there. Um, <laughs> the first? <laughs> we'll get to the others. <laughs> don't be rushing me. Don't be. Don't, I love you, man. Keep going. Feel free Dave. to. Yeah, we got plenty of time. Feel free then, to verbally tell, him to, tell, tell him to shut the fuck up and let yeah, me Dave. tell my story. He's, he's a hey, so he People get mad at me when I tell these guys to shut the fuck up all the time, but Dave has. He can talk like as long it. as he wants in the beginning. Joe gets a segment. He talks for 30 seconds and then interrupts the fuck out of everybody. It's like, Joe, we gave you fucking 30 seconds, a whole segment to talk. But Nick so, has car blocks. I am telling so them all like, to he's shut. Like Hitler. All right. Mussolini. I'm telling them all to shut the hell up so that you can talk. That's what the guest asked, triggered Joe. So hey, come on, let's go talk about ex-wife number one. Hey, Nick, Nick, were you were you an officer? Uh, absolutely not. I'm just a very smart enlisted guy. I'm oh, a master yeah. sergeant. So a master yes. sergeant? Yes. I have oh, the best job ever. That explains it why you're stomping all these guys, but they're master sergeants too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, sergeant. Oh, no. I can't oh, add no. a master sergeant around here. Fuck Nick <laughs> and the bitch ass fucking horse he rode in on. He could suck my whole dick. How about that? Whoa. Buddy. <laughs> that, 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 that's not hard. Him out. That's what she said. Okay, okay can please, we get back please, to me please, and my please. shit? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to get these guys to shut the fuck up for. So, yeah, I'm first ex wife. So, my first ex wife was from Gainesville, Georgia. Um, I had trained when I was at Camp Lejeune. We uh, were first forming the fast teams and we trained local SWAT teams. We got we got a grant. The Marine Corps got a grant. So we used our facilities at Camp Lejeune. I trained uh, two SWAT teams from Georgia, one with the Georgia State Patrol and one with Athens Police Department. And obviously there were some. Uh, some beers spilt after the training and sometimes during the training. And um, they knew I was getting short and they were like, shit, dude, we're hiring. So it was a win-win. It was an easy transition. My ex-wife was happy. I was happy. And I could go back down there and finish my college, uh, which I did. That was always the plan is finish college, get on with the feds because I dealt with a bunch of secret service and DEA guys over the years as an MP. And uh, I just thought those guys were larger than life. And I couldn't see myself directing traffic at 55 years old in the rain on Christmas Eve. Um, and so I finished my college and got hired by the U.S. Customs Service. They were the first ones in the door. So um, I, I shotgunned it. I applied to everybody. Um I rescinded my application from the CIA because they just fucking scared me. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Um, no, I mean, they literally rented and set up a makeshift office.
for a preliminary interview for me, and it was closed within 24 hours. The office was vacant, empty, and nobody was there anymore. And I just, I just, that freaking scared me. So um, Customs hired me first. I went down to Key West. They gave me an 800-horsepower offshore racing boat and said, go chase smugglers and get pussy. Can I say that? Yeah, yeah, yes, whatever you want, brother. Uh, <laughs> per, per, permission. First, first of all, you already did. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think, buddy, stepped over that line about five minutes yeah. ago. So, rock and roll. The so, stories are about to get fun. That was during the cocaine wars, so we were pretty busy. Um, they were throwing a lot of money at us. We had some really tricked out equipment, and um, you know, gotten shootouts and got to. You know, going to international waters and sink boats and just fun shit. Um, I had three run-ins with Jimmy Buffett down in Key West, the dick that he is. Um, I threatened to cut his plane in half one time, but that, I digress. Um, and so I got involved in a case down please, in... Uh, please come back to that. <laughs> come back to that, yeah. <laughs> oh, I will tell you what a dick Jimmy Buffett is. So, um, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. First, send it. Send it. The first time. Jimmy Buffett, we're sending it. I was at the uh, customs house at our office, and the supervisor comes out, and he says, get your ass down to uh, the airport. We got a plane coming in international. Well, there's a small plane, a single engine, like a 172, 182, something like that, um, coming in internationally and declared. And anytime you come in from international, I don't care if you go out and you go, you know, one click out and one click back, you have to declare you're coming in from international. Now, air traffic control knows you just went out and came back and it's no big deal. But if you go out and they haven't, they've lost track of your ass for a little while, you're flying around and you come back in international and don't declare, they're calling us. So I race ass down there with my partner, pull up, the airplane's taxiing in. Comes to a stop. I walk over. Jimmy Buffett bails out of his car. And he goes, fuck you. No way. Get the fuck away from me. I ain't having it. Leave me the fuck alone. So I let him fucking go through his little rant. And then I explained to him, I'm a special agent with United States Customs Service. You traveled international and failed to declare. You do have a pilot's license, right? Of course I have a pilot's license. I said, then you know the fucking rules. So I need to inspect your airplane and you can be on your way. And he did one of these, you know, like, you're not getting in my airplane. And I told him, I said, you got two choices here. <laughs> Let me inspect your airplane or I'm going to cut your fucking airplane in half. He looked at me and said, you can't do it. I sent my partner back to go get the Sawzall. And uh, of course, I got to inspect his airplane so I go around to the passenger side and on the floor, there's enough debris, seeds and stems and bullshit that, that it filled the you know, cup of my hand. And I walked over and I said, you familiar with zero tolerance, Mr. Buffett? Do you understand I could take your fucking airplane from you right now just for this debris? And he like turned white and I said, but that's not how we do business. So don't be a dick next time. On to the second story. Customs house. Boss says, get down to uh, Mallory Square. Get down to the marina. 
I said, what's up? We got a non-compliant vessel in the harbor. I go down there. Our boat picks me up. I was a senior guy. Um, well, I was actually the most aggressive guy. So I get up on the front of the boat. We idle over to this massively awesome mahogany sailboat. And this chick, hot ass chick, comes up on deck and she's waving me off. Get the fuck away. You're not coming on my boat. Blah, 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 blah. Same shit. I'm like, oh, here we go. And then just as we're approaching, I'm maybe 10 feet away getting ready to board. Jimmy Buffett comes running up from below. He looks up and he tells her, you just shut the fuck up and let him on the boat. <laughs> Third story. Yes. Me and my buddy are doing the Duval crawl. We are majorly inebriated, knee walking type. And we're crossing. It's just a two lane street. We're crossing in the crosswalk and I get about halfway across and I hear an engine revving about hundred yards away, tires burning and all that, not thinking anything about it because I'm drunk and it's getting closer and closer. And I look up just as it slams on the brakes, comes sliding up, not like near hitting me, just really, really scaring the piss out of me. I think I fell down or jumped or looked like a sissy, you know, and I looked up and it was Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> and I grabbed his shirt, his Hawaiian shirt. He was like in a little Porsche or something. And he hit the gas and I ripped the shirt, but I couldn't hold on enough to get it off his back to keep for a trophy. So those are my Jimmy Buffett stories. Oh, hey, the, the, Bravo. the audience Bravo. is saying, was, Kevin Travers is saying, were you stalking him? Because you kept running into him. Oh, <laughs> Travers is probably a Buffett fan. <laughs> well, if you've ever been to Key West, it's pretty small. You're going to run into each other. They still have uh, that badass a, a boat, almost like the one you just said, down there with the uh, with the Coast Guard guys, by the way. And uh, and that Duval crawl can fuck up an entire weekend. We're just going to go out and have a, a fucking uh, healthy meal and, a, and one beer, guys. Seven o'clock the next morning, we're walking back. <laughs> yeah, it didn't suck. It so didn't what? suck. So, so when did you make up your mind to then actually uh, write your book? That uh, let's talk about the book a little bit. Um, we, the crew, my crew that's in the book there. Um, you know, we ran ops, um, working out of special operations for almost thirty years together. Wow! So, you know. From all the big cases, you know, we all spent a lot of time. We have reunions and all that shit. And it always came up. And we'd sit around the fire and go, remember when Bird shit his pants and the blah, 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 and whatever. And we all just went, you know, somebody should write a freaking book. Because nobody's ever going to believe this shit. And uh, that's kind of how that came about. Well, when I ended up, when they tried to fire me the first time for the uh, whistleblower thing. Um, I had time on my hands and you got to get the back to that story thing? too. <laughs> what's the whistleblower thing? We got to get and, back. And to that. So I got to, I got to cut you off for a second and then address some people in the audience that are paying attention. Hey, some of you can go fuck yourselves. That's coming from the big girl. I live in El Paso, Texas. You come fucking find me and I'll beat the fucking shit out of you. But anyways, uh, so uh, how did you get to the ATF? 
before then then write the book i uh it was it was pretty cool so at the time customs we dwarfed everybody including the fbi we were hiring more people i mean they're bringing so much coke in it was you know and um so we had all the equipment all the people all the money so we we threw massive resources at a case and that's kind of what i was used to well i got a good informant um and i got dialed in on a seagoing tugboat filled with armaments uh military grade armaments claymores grenades automatic weapons bars all this going outbound and um my supervisor at customs they well let me back up they tried to abolish customs in the early i mean uh atf in the early 80s so a bunch of guys got scared and they jumped from atf to customs um obviously they never abolished atf but my boss was a former atf agent and when he saw the the, the amount of uh firepower and since i ATF had primary jurisdiction. He said, you know what? You need to call ATF Miami, man, and get them down here. They're going to they're gonna want to be involved in this. So I did, thinking like however many hundred ATF agents would come down, would come. And uh, they sent one. And that dude just started pool, pooling resources, making calls, doing shit. And the next thing you know, this guy came in. We did a successful takedown at sea, seized all the shit. Um, and I was like perplexed. Like we had 25 guys out there and they sent one ATF agent to handle this shit. And I was like, that was some badass shit. That dude was large and in charge. And uh, turned out though, um, we got in a little bit of trouble. We were intercepting um, one of Oliver North's uh, gun shipments. To South America. Well, a little Iran Contra scandal action. Like it. Yeah, well, I got called in the boss's office shortly thereafter before the U.S. attorney even got their teeth in it and uh, said, Bring me the file. I brought him the official file. And he said, No, I need the working file too. I need everything you have because we keep a working file and then the official one for the shit we want to tell people and keep the working file for the shit we don't want to tell anybody. And uh, I took it in. I said, what's up? He said, can't tell you. Well, when I left to go to ATF at my going away party, he called me aside. And he said, we got a call to shut it down and turn everything over. And I said, by who? He said, the FBI is the only ones I know that could do that. He said, well, the FBI told us to shut it down because the CIA told them to shut it down. Nice. Yeah, now we're all targets of, for talking about oh, that. A lot, hey, Dave, Dave, again, this is for you, conspiracy so, theorists. A lot of this is declassified now. You can just read it. I know. So, I'm like, fucking around. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> what? No, there's, what? There's, there's, there's people in the comment. There's people in the comment. There's there's oh, they're fine. going nuts. Let, let it be haters. Yeah. There's people in the comment. There's I still believe in conspiracies. So, like, again, you can read this shit. And uh, actually, awesome. buy his book. You can fucking read it. All right? It's declassified. Okay, like we all have to sign agreements when we get out of the military, when we get out of the ATF that says you can't say this shit unless it's declassified. So, like, go ahead. Talk are, about are that. People, are people hating on me right now? No, no, you it's, just got one or beautiful. two that are just It's beautiful. No, hey, I'm an ATF agent. 
from the day I signed on, I've been the most hated motherfucker in America. There you go. There you go. Talk about that. Uh, um, triggered shirt on. Well, that was something I didn't know and didn't anticipate. But uh, so anyway, I, I applied to ATF. They hired me in a nanosecond because I'd, you know, they didn't have to train me up and I'd already been through most of the schools and everything. And uh, I found a home, but, uh, you know, they made it clear through the training in, in my probationary period that um, don't, don't be expecting to get a lot of love from the public. The NRA uh, despises us. Um, and actually, we rose statistically to the most hated agency in America right after Waco. Go figure. Yeah, were you uh, were you smoking some Branch Davidians out there, or what were you what was going I on? Didn't, I I did not smoke any, but I got to um, get shot at by them and um, watch their whole complex burn to the fucking ground. Mm. Were Were you happy about that? I wasn't sad. I was <laughs> I was sad that those poor innocent people were so manipulated and so controlled by that megalomaniac motherfucker that they stayed and allowed him to kill them all. That broke oh, yeah. my heart. Their children in there and women, they didn't know any better. Yeah. Right. And, so and probably had no participation in the shootout or anything else. And, yeah, and so of course, again, of course. Again, there's three sides to every story. Uh, that's what I keep saying. Right. So a lot of the haters, and again, we're not going to get mad at the haters because God, there energy, are some haters. Holy negative energy is good energy. All right. So the more that they comment, the more that we get paid, they don't even understand that. So keep commenting, keep hating Vince. That's fine. Um, but the fact that, again, you might hate the bureaucracy of the ATF. You might hate the people in charge of the ATF. You might hate the people in charge of the FBI. Like, but you probably don't even understand who's calling the shots, why they're calling the shots. You're just an ignorant person. So that's fine. Um, yeah, but are you about people, to say something people, about no, like hey, you can't hate the ATF and you vote you pretty good? Let him comment, Joe. Yeah, it's not no, Joe, I'm just saying it's the view pretty good from the cheap seats. Like, I mean, go ahead and take your shots, but like, what are you guys doing? Towards don't give him any. Don't give him any more respect. I, I already, I already told him. That's what I'm saying. Like, 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 come find me. Anyways, so keep keep going, Vince. But again, like. People need to educate themselves and understand that, you know, there's some people that work for all organizations every all around the world that are pretty good guys. So, like, uh, what do you got? What else you got? Well, I, I want to come back to that for a minute. Um, everybody has their 10 percent. And Marine Corps is the first time I have, had ever heard that phrase. But everybody has them. Every agency, every company has their 10 percent of non-hackers. And we had ours at ATF, and they've been responsible over the decades for some pretty heinous um, interpretations of the law and enforcement, uh, poor enforcement tactics uh, of the law. That being said, 90% of the ones I served with, and I knew everybody, we're a small bureau, we only had 2,500 agents. Um, so I virtually knew every one of them um, were 
level-headed, fair-minded, patriotic, gun-loving criminal enforcement special agents. I can honestly say I never arrested or sent anybody to prison that wasn't a fucking criminal before. It's always the bad ones that they make the organizations look bad. Like these guys that are coming here, you know, they, they will stand behind all the police officers, you know, and one bad cop does one bad thing and then the media just throws it in the freaking this disaster and then all cops are bad, all cops are racist and shooting people. So don't even worry about these knuckleheads. I wish I yeah. wore my triggered pansy shirt today. I could have fucking go buy one, god damn it. Hey, uh, so, so does the ATF make the laws that you guys enforce? Or is of that like a not. different branch? Yeah, of sure. Because no, 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 Vince is out there doing whatever the hell he wants. I, I oh, feel like that was a loaded question, yeah. buddy. Oh, big, old, big old turkey shit. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, we do what Congress tells us to do. You elected them, um, tell them you don't like a particular gun law and get it changed if you can. But we don't make the law, but we are selective in the ones we enforce. We do have discretionary power. I'll give you an example for the haters. This one's for the haters. Give it to uh, them. Listen up, haters. Listen up. Uh, Vietnam Green Beret, um, you know, um, veteran in Las Vegas, getting divorced. His soon-to-be ex-wife is on the war path and wants to fuck over him every way she can. Contacts local police who contact us, and apparently, uh, legitimately, he had a uh, uh, Chinese-made AK-47, fully automatic, over his mantle, his fireplace. Um, it's never left his mantle. Um, he didn't apply for the amnesty. Probably didn't even know about it. So is illegal by every law in the book. You can't have it, can't register it. It's too late to register it. Um, our bosses wanted me to do an undercover on the guy. And when I got all the details, I did an undercover only because I had an introduction to him um, for the purpose of confirming it was there. Then when the bosses decided we should move forward with perfecting a prosecutable case, I just refused. Well, I didn't tell them I refused. I just went out and did what you'd call an abandonment. Um, if you're willing to lawfully just turn it over, no harm, no foul, your name never goes in the books. Um, you sign a piece of paper saying you're giving up all rights to this firearm. Um, and I go away and you go on and live your life. And that's what I chose to do in little. Now I caught some heat from the bosses. Um, you know, were you not clear on our instructions? Did you not understand? Oh, I understood perfectly what you wanted me to do. I just wasn't prepared to do that to a combat vet, uh, Vietnam veteran. So that more of that goes on than the public ever knows. Yeah, awesome. What else? Uh, what else you got from the book? What's a give us some cliffhangers? Give the audience some cliffhangers again. Check it out, Ratsnakes, uh, ratsnakes.com. So, uh, what else? What are cliffhangers you got from it? Okay, it's ratsnakesbook.com. One word. Thank you. Ratsnakesbook.com, or you can go to Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon, Books a Million, whatever. If you go to ratsnakesbook.com, 
and you were so inclined, you wanted me to write something in it, you can do that. And it doesn't cost any more. It's just, I'll sign it for you or whatever. Um, I don't know where to start. I think they're all great stories. I think I always tell the Randy Beach story because Randy was like one of the most fucked up human beings I've ever known next to me. By the way, he was a Marine too. Um, is is a Marine? I I don't believe you. He um he did an undercover one time. He'd done deals with the guy before. Should have been easy peasy in and out. Um, something ticked the guy off, uh, got him paranoid. Maybe it was just cause he was a tweaker or something, but he opened the door. He had the chain on the door and he didn't want to let Randy in. And he kept saying, I know you're a cop, man. I know you're a cop. Now he'd already bought a couple pistols and some dope from this guy. And Randy's like doing that, you know, dude, are you fucked up? I'm not a cop. Do I look like a cop? Blah, blah, blah. And fuck it. He went around and around. He goes, how do I know you're not wearing a wire? Now, keep in mind, we were videoing this contact, audio and video, so I don't recommend this to, to young undercovers, but Randy dropped trowel, and I mean underwear and all, took his shirt off standing, is in a neighborhood, and standing right on this dude's front doorstep and said, does it look like I'm wearing a fucking wire? The guy was like, all right, all right, man. He let him in and did the deal. Well... Fortunately, the dude pled because that video was going to be shown to a jury. <laughs> that is phenomenal. All right, give us a couple. How many more you got? How many more cliffhangers you got? You got to got a couple more. This is awesome. Yeah, talk Keep about going. maybe some cases and how long you were undercover. Like, what was your longest time being undercover for a case? Like, My longest time was uh, – that's a great question, actually. Um, I was right after um, – the Oklahoma City bombing and the Murrah Federal Building, we were all, everybody was hauling ass to Oklahoma. and By a, by a white guy that hates the ATF. Right. <laughs> exactly. They, um, and my partner, Bird, Jay Dobbins, and I got um, pulled to the side before our travel orders uh, require us to be in Oklahoma City. And they tasked us McVeigh and um, the other guy, uh, what was the fuck his name? Anyway, come back to that. Had been at, traveling out in Vegas, running around in the Vegas desert a month or two prior to uh, blowing the Murrah building up. And they had identified him, at local uh, Metro Intel squad, had identified them as uh, uh, having met up with militia members, the Golden Star, the Silver State militia out there. So they tasked us with going out and trying to do the infiltration. Um, well, Bird's one of the fucking best operators that's probably ever been on the planet. Um, and we were able to infiltrate them fairly quickly. That was supposed to be a two week detail. And, um, so I told my wife, got to go see you in about two weeks or so. And I saw her six months later for the first time. Um, what number was up, that? Well, I'm sorry. What number wife was that? That was wife number two. Ex, ex wife number two. <laughs> what's the, what's the total? If it, or is that, a, is that a spoiler alert in the book? 
Yeah, I think I'll I'll take fifth on that one. Fantastic. Uh, um, bad question, Joe. Does that mean it's five? Does that mean it's five? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so we ended up out there. Um, made a huge case. Um, they're intending to blow up the uh, Gold Nugget Casino. And we were able to uh, stop that dead in its tracks. And uh, bad ATF agents. That's just horrible. You prevented a, you prevented them from blowing up the casino. All those lives at that casino. Oh my god! How the fuck could you, how how do you, do you sleep know? at night, <laughs> knowing that you stopped all those people from dying? Man, that's pure evil, dude. That's one of my. That's one of my favorite ones. You know, it just really is. Hell yeah! Um, because you know. Th- We've got video of us casing the casino with these guys, um, looking for load-bearing points and all that, and ended up taking them down with a uh, um, servo motor, radio-activated briefcase bomb. Um, So it was worth the effort, you know. Not not according to my second ex-wife, but... (laughs) Hey, uh, Kevin Travers, uh, he's a fan, he's a fan of the VTT. He uh, is dying. It's like the seventh time he said, he said, ask him about Enrique Camara. About who? Enrique, Enrique Camarara. Camarara. Oh, Camarena. Camarena. Cam- yeah, he spelled Well, that the only thing, you know, I was with customs during that business. <clears throat> and I, the only thing I can tell you, I was never so proud of the commissioner of customs. Um, the minute the teletype or the communique came into D.C. that Kiki had been kidnapped or they believed he had, the commissioner of customs shut down the entire U.S.-Mexico border until further notice. Now, that's swinging a big stick. Um, The unfortunate thing um, was that they were left exposed, you know, but they knew what they're getting into, just like the, uh, you know, the guys who going to Bogota and all that. You know, you're in a hostile land. You know, there's not really a green zone down there because you got to go outside the green zone. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, we got you on that one. Uh, that's like uh, that same argument when people are like, oh, well, you had more of a secure sector in Iraq than we did. And it's like. Well, I mean, you might hit three EFPs a day, but the one that fucking killed my guys was the only one we hit all day. So, like, uh, I'm sorry that it wasn't as bad or as cool as it used to be, you know. And uh, But, hey, yeah, we thank you for your service uh, to our country. And, again, it, it fits into my book of Earl, but I want to give you a couple more minutes to talk because otherwise then I got to talk, and it really bothers Joe. So uh, what – Give us some more cliffhangers, or if you're done, then I'll go. I don't know about cliffhangers. Um, well, I mentioned my partner earlier, um, my primary partner for 25 years, Jay Dobbins. Uh, you probably seen him showboating on every podcast. Oh, never mind. Um, see him showboating on TV and everything uh, that as having infiltrated the Hell's Angels. Well, what he what you don't hear much about is he was two weeks on the job, got taken hostage and shot. Um, 
So after he decided to stay on the job, pretty admirable after getting shot through the lung, you know. Um, but, you know, say what you will, he partnered up with me shortly after that and never got shot again. So I don't know, you know, I mean, the way I look at it, I kept him alive for 25 years. That's intense. That's intense. Uh, yeah, that's intense. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Uh, and again, you know, we, we talk about it all the time that it's always the ignorant people that say the dumbest shit. And it, it's awesome. I was talking when you were talking to us uh, pre-show, I told my dad who's in town and I had to, I usually don't mute my mic as much, but I have to mute it because you guys got him cracking up upstairs. So I have to, I, I have to mute it. Um, the, it's out like people get so triggered and I got triggered today. I just showed an example of it. I got triggered by the comments. All of us did. And I, and I responded. Right. And then like the shirt says, don't be a triggered pansy. All right. That's a shirt that we sell. So it's Shop okay. Veteran trash talk.com. Everybody gets triggered. It's whether or not you become a pansy. So I realized that I was starting to become a pansy there and I'm like, I'm just going to chill the fuck out. I'm going to, I'm going to let these guys comment however they want to comment. Right. Like, like, let's let them do it. They're stupid. All right. They're fucking idiots. Um, so we, we appreciate your service uh, to this country as a Marine um, veteran and continuing on with government service. And again, who fucking cares if you like the big government or small government, you know, Republican, Democrat, like who gives a shit, right? Like literally who cares? Um, but I'll, I'll get here real quick. Um, so some of these guys don't know. I had a psychiatrist uh, uh, actually watch some of our shows and she gave us some, some feedback. Right. And it, it, it was, it was pretty cool. And, uh, Such as give me a, give me an idea. I don't know if she's going to be able to handle yours. So I don't know if she's probably watching now. Not sure, but uh, I'm going to keep her name quiet, but she's a very high ranking person. Is she hot? And, uh, uh, I will not say that about her at all. Uh, that is not what I do with active duty people um, or, you know, seeing as I'm a happily married man. But um, the, the fact is, is, and I'm still on number one, so we've got to keep it that way. Uh, then uh, what, what she said is kind of what our mission is. And that kind of made me feel good when she said that. She goes, you can tell that some of these people are venting their problems and their demons in the way that they talk. And she said me specifically, I won't say anybody else on the, on the air, but you know, she was like, you can tell that you're, you know, you're using this platform to put it out. What bothers you, you know, what your internal demons are, how you're dealing with stuff. And, you know, she's like, that's great therapy. That's better than anything we can give you. So she's like, keep doing it. Uh, and that's why we, we stress, to the veteran trash talk nation is that, Hey, get on here and talk, get on here and say what, whatever your opinion is. And we'll, we'll call you fucking stupid. Like we called some of them. People call me stupid. I mean, I, we had bill waterboarding himself one time when I was talking, but I don't care. Right. Like I, I, he was so bored. He started waterboarding himself, like whatever. Um, it's, you know, we started this podcast to talk. Um, so get the demons out. We have that on our website. Okay, get the demons out. Let us all crush them together. Whatever happened in your life, okay, don't sit there and just and just sandbag it. Okay, and like we talked about last podcast, is it's not good. Like the the fact that your buddies died, that's not going to get better. 
the fact that you, you know, seen some real shit, that's not going to get better either. That's not, ne- that's never going to go away. All right. So you, you, you make yourself better. All right. Make yourself stronger. Shutting up and being a man about it. It didn't work for the world war two generation. It didn't work for the Vietnam generation. All right. It's not going to work for us either. So stop being so tough. All right. And let it out. Now, Real quick, I got to talk about it because WTF was talking about it. Uh, U.S. Army, what the fuck moments uh, on the radio and like what Tucker Carlson said. All right. About the women. And again, what Tucker Carlson said was 100 percent stupid. Now, I guarantee you, if I repeat it right now, people on the comment thread will support Tucker Carlson. All right. And this is where I had a disagreement with old ice. All right. On WTF Nation Radio. When he was asking, why isn't there a huge veteran uprising against Tucker Carlson? What did he say? Uh, he was talking about the, the women's uniforms uh, that actually was under Trump's policies. All right. And how we're making pregnant flight uniforms for women who are pregnant that fly helicopters and planes. And, you know, he said that we're like becoming pussies pretty much. Right. And China's getting harder. It's like, you know, um, okay. Like, cool comment, Tucker. All right. So it triggered the entire DOD. It triggered some of the highest ranking people in the DOD. They made comments about it. They made statements about it. And so it's like, all you're doing right now is, yeah, we all should have got triggered by that comment. But then there's that emotional pullback where it's like, he's a fucking idiot. All right. Now, when we tweet about it and we tag him in the tweets and we continue to talk about him, all he's doing is getting a bigger house now. That's all he's doing. All right, he like literally the dumbest thing he could have said just got him paid, right? Because all the people are going nuts about it. And again, if you ask me my personal opinion about women in combat, whatever, dude, there are fucking women that are warriors. All right, it's that freaking simple. All right, and then there's other things that you know certain guys suck at, certain women suck at. That's so it, to to lump it all together. What does it do again? And I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. All right, it disenfranchises veterans. Okay, and that's why there wasn't an uprising. There wasn't a veteran uprising because we just don't give a shit anymore. All right, if you're a white veteran, you're a fucking extremist. All right, if you're a combat arms guy who grew up in the 70s and 80s and 90s and even early 2000s, and you might say, like, I don't think women should be in combat. All right, you're all of a sudden a fucking bigot. All right, you're all of a sudden a sexist. Right, and it's like they just, they lump you all into one section and they disenfranchise you. So that's why there was no veteran uprising. Nor should there be. Let the ignorant son of a bitch say what he said. If you let a left him alone about it, then nothing would have happened. Right? Dude, and- that's like that's like 12,498 on my list of shit to even think about. Right. And I said, I, I've never watched Tucker Carlson, but I actually thought about turning it on. It actually crossed my mind. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to turn it on. I'm not going to give him any airtime. Just not going to do it. And, but this brings the question up that I, I struggle with, um, with trying to get to people who are self-righteous. All right. When I try to get to people whose moral superiority doesn't matter what the fuck you say. All right. And it comes up with the cancel culture. Okay. I, there are cultural norms that, that could be wrong as shit in a certain part of the country. All right. My dad brought it up. You see it with COVID. The, a lot of cities bent over and took it and said, this is what we need to do. Cause that's a cultural norm in those areas. And then you got to certain States where they're like, fuck you. We're not closing. Right. That's a cultural norm there. 
So whether or not you like it or not, like that's that that's literally what they believe. So the only way you're going to actually get to them, if you want to change their minds, if you want to try to educate them, is obviously not being a self-righteous prick, all right, that says that my opinion is so strong no matter what you say, you're an asshole, and then we're just going to cancel it out. Because guess what happens when you cancel out a culture, all right? Nothing. Nothing happens to that culture. You have done nothing except just hide it. Okay, so you look at the great leaders who have moved the needle. All right, who have moved the needle of a country when they're very high, high power issues like racism. All right. You want, listen to all of Dr. Martin Luther King's speeches. All right. Rarely does he talk about how good he is or what happened to him. All right. He never put himself on a self-righteous platform. He just literally said, hey, you probably should treat people equally. And, you know, this is why. All right. And, and like, maybe this is, maybe we should all come together on this. All right. And he was obviously very intelligent. I'm not doing him justice by kind of paraphrasing it that way. But again, the minute you start barking and the minute you start canceling people's opinions and saying that that culture doesn't exist, all right, you just lost them. They can't talk to them. So again, those guys that are commenting on that thread, thanks for proving that you're ignorant. And that's why I do agree with ice from WTF, right? Like, thank you for showing us that you're stupid all right, now maybe we can chat with you and maybe explain to you that, you know, it's not Vincent Cephalou's policies, all right? Vincent Cephalou didn't go to Waco because he didn't, you know, he didn't like that David Koresh had nine-year-old girls as wives, all right? I guess you're okay with that, all right? But, um, you know, it's like, you know, he, they, those guys, some of those guys, they went there to do a job, right? So if you don't like that job, go vote and change it. So again, if you become part of a group, you get disenfranchised, all right? Your vote doesn't count anymore, all right? And veterans are like that. Veterans are a very small minority of the United States. And when you put me into one part of a veteran or one veteran commits a crime, and now all veterans need fucking background checks, all veterans need to go see a psychologist, probably, probably a pretty true statement. But like, anyways, like, um, you know, you just totally took away all my freedom, all right? Now, I and can't that, have – yeah, go ahead. Hey, after, after the uh... – the, the the capital rating okay what what happened on facebook to every veteran owned page yeah they all shut them down you know, you, you know, and, them. and yeah. they and they and they did that because those people possibly could have been veterans so why not we'll say they were all veterans no so all the fbi veterans, did the fbi did it i talked about that know, last week gather gathering in that kind of a group and, and it's like i you know I'm, I'm listening to what you say but you know on on the side it's like we have to be okay with being profiled. We're the only ones that it seems to be socially acceptable to profile. So, you, you know, like Vince has got to wear the, the tag of the weakest link that's ever put on the uniform, and so do we, and that's fine. But if you're not going to educate yourself, uh, like Nick said, <laughs> you're really just playing yourself because we, we, we already get it. We, we already get what, you know, the stigma, it's going to happen. You know, and, and we don't even we don't care anymore. Well, you know, we really don't. Everybody wants to be a lion until they have to do lion shit. That's right. Um, nice. You know, it's, it's I prefer easy. gangster. A lot of that going around yeah. in the hills. Uh, you know, it's easy. it's easy to criticize the cops, military, whoever um, with your, you know, expertise from uh 
a video game or watching movies or something. It's a, you know what? You want to criticize me? Strap on a sidearm. You know, um, sling a weapon. Go go uh, sit on a you know twenty four hour day seven day a week surveillance. You know, go in. You know, SWAT's really cool. I love SWAT. I did like sixteen years with SWAT. But doing undercover work, we didn't get to go in heavy. We didn't get, we were, you know, the fucking Lone Ranger. Um, you live or die by your judgments and assessments on the way. So, you know, feel free to criticize me, but, you know, you're welcome for whatever evil I was capable of uh, removing from this planet, you know, or from your wheelhouse so you can sleep at night. And that's not just me. That's everyone who does it. But I'm and good. That's a lot of people it. watching. Yeah. You know, they paid me good. Here. I would have done that shit for free if I didn't have so many bills. I love what I did. It was it was a the cat and mouse to me. I We were tasked. My particular crew was tasked when nothing else could or had worked. Wiretaps didn't pan out. Surveillances didn't get anything. Informants were too inept or stoned to get, you know, workable evidence is when they tagged my crew and my guys would go in and 90% of the time close on the target and put a violator away. Yeah, I'll tell you the trippy. Oh, oh, I did right. want to mention you asked about the whistleblower thing earlier um you can go on um and just google my name and it'd be easier to get the details but the short version was i became involved in a corrupted uh, multi-agency investigation um and when i say corrupted i it, it's in the book i i'm not going to waste your airtime going into the details of it but as a result, I ran headlong into the bureaucracy and ATF executive leadership. And um, it was a dogfight, and I ended up suing the government. But in the process of doing that, Fast and Furious dropped in my lap. And uh, I had set up a website called Clean Up ATF because people were became aware of my plight, and I started getting hundreds of calls a week from all over the agency, agents suffering the same sort of abuses and unethical conduct by the bosses and what have you, illegal shit I'm talking about. And so I set up that website and one of the first posts on there was from the whistleblower at, um, of the Fast and Furious debacle, the guns to Mexico that we let walk. And um, so I ended up, you know, in, Senator Grassley and uh, Chairman Issa's office. And, and we know where that all came, you know, when it came to the congressional hearings and all that. One of my old partners, Darren Gill, had to testify before the committee and all that. Not our greatest moment in ATF history, but that's that's what the whistleblowing thing was about. Yeah, that's phenomenal. So, like, again, that's where the ignorant people, they lose out. So, you know, some of them stayed on and probably watched, uh, but then a lot of them didn't stick around to hear what you just said. Shocker. You know, to where, to where, you know, man, like, when there's a when there's a culture problem, it's at the top. 
and this is for our, our buddy on the on the thread as well. When there's a climate problem, that's in your backyard. All right, you can change the climate. All right, but the culture comes from the top. And so if they're breeding a fucking terrible culture with terrible policies and allowing illegal shit to happen, just a matter of time before a bunch of weak human beings don't have the balls to do what you did. Just let it happen. All right? And then they let stupid shit happen. Yeah, well, I got my head caved in for that shit. I was uh, transferred six times, suspended three times, reprimanded four times, terminated three times in 16 months. Jeez. Of course, none of it stuck, and they paid me money, mm. you know, and um, I retired in good standing and got all my shit back, but not before they tried to create me a heart attack or a suicide or something, you know, on my part. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah, that's good that you didn't get you get you didn't get suicided, you know. So, uh, mm. but hey, it was a pleasure having you on, Vince, awesome. and uh, make Absolutely, sure you. Uh, man. I can't wait to get your book and read it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I appreciate it, guys, a lot. It's been fun. It's been yeah, fun. So, uh, so, Dave, close us out. Yeah, hey, phenomenal show. You had me cracking up, and I'm definitely going to purchase the book as well. And uh, we're going to put a plug out there on the YouTube video and everything so people know where to purchase it. So thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for what you did. Thank you for your service. All right? I don't care what these triggered pansies are saying on the, uh, on the feed. They Thank can go to shopveterantrashtalk.com. We have a shirt for that that says, quit being a triggered pansy. Um, so where can I get that shirt? <laughs> shop.veterantrashtalk.com. Shop. We'll send you the link, brother. All right. Um, and that's where they can support us. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching. Make sure to go check out our YouTube. I know there's a lot of new followers uh, on there. Go get the book. On our page and everything. So go give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Um, check us out on IG, Facebook. Uh, we're on TikTok as well. And then all kinds of other podcast platforms. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Have a great Saturday. Cheers. And uh, we'll see you guys next Saturday. Boom. Tonight's show thanks, is guys. brought to you by Ventura Training and Athletics. Restore, train, maintain. Specializing in the restoration of the muscular system to help you move and feel better. Combating TBI, PTSD, and pain through specialized strength training. Again, get your body right, get your mind right, defeat the demons.